You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. We pray now in, in our Messiah's name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So, um, so, how long did it take Noah to build the ark? 120 years. That's a long time. That's, that ain't overnight, right? Now, I've read different accounts, but this one rabbi I was listening to, 600 feet long, he said, 600 feet long, 100 feet wide, and 60 feet tall, 3.3 million cubic, cubic feet, a thousand compartments of 10 by 10 by 10 feet, or 30,000 compartments of 5 by 4 by 4 feet, much larger, in other words, than a big boat, more like a huge zoo. Um, I can't imagine what it was like, but it, you know, um, <clears throat> the massive flood was going to come, and it did come, and that ark was a place of safety. What a place. Can you imagine? That was the only safe place. Things got worse and worse, deteriorating on the earth, right? Uh, depravity, worse since the fall of man, since, the, since the, uh, that, eat, that bite and that forbidden fruit in Genesis 3, and it got, things got worse and worse, and now God had, to, had no alternative but to bring a flood. And so really he gave them 120 years to turn, for humanity to turn, but it didn't turn. It got worse and worse, and the flood came. Now, and the ark would be the only place of safety A worldwide flood is spoken of in records, and I share a bunch of these things that I'm sharing, I've shared before. The worldwide flood is spoken of in the records and history of many ancient peoples and cultures. And in the New Testament, New Covenant, Brit Hadashah, Yeshua, Peter, and the writer of the book of Hebrews all make mention of it. So it's Matthew 24, Yeshua mentions it. Uh, 1 Peter 3.20, Peter mentions it. Hebrews 11.7 is mentioned. The Genesis account takes place 10 generations after Adam, after Adam, the creation of Adam. And, and so all this time is given for people to change direction, but it doesn't happen. We know this from Genesis 6.3. The time is given, and Peter mentions it several times as well. And so as with the Passover story, later on in Exodus, there was one way, only one way of escape, not multiple ways. The next worldwide judgment that we're going to see is not going to be by water, but by what? By fire. Very good. By fire, according to 2 Peter 3, verses 1 through 12. So in chapter 6, verse 13, God says, the end of all flesh is coming before me. The word ketz in Hebrew, it means the extremity. This is the end. Everything will perish, verse 17 of Genesis 6 says. Kol, everything, all, everything will perish. And then I love this in verse 18, there's a vav there. He says, but. And the letter Vav, I will establish my covenant with you. Vav is the same 
could be translated but, but it's really a conjunction. It can mean and, and it does mean and. So God's buts are an and, I like to say. God's buts are an and. It's never over. He continues. And I like Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 4. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead in your trespasses and once you, once you, you once walked. But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive in the Messiah together in him. God's, he says, but his, God's great love wherewith he loved us. There's a but. It's an and. It's never over. The covenant of God, he doesn't give up. He doesn't, it's never over. So here, there's going to be a new start after the flood, isn't there? There's going to be a new beginning. Now, um, I mentioned this before, you know, that we know that the toughest creatures for Noah to get into the ark were actually not the elephants, the giraffes, nor the lions. Actually, the toughest creatures were the mosquitoes. <laughs> because you can imagine, you know, they're getting those mosquitoes in, and all of a sudden, oh, ow. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We've got to get some more now. <laughs> uh, but he brought in four, evidently. <laughs> Good thing he brought. Really, he brought two. Seems like there's different accounts, but it seems like he brought in two pair of all the unclean creatures and seven pair of all the kosher creatures. And, again, how did Noah get... Mrs. Noah, that was her name, Mrs. Noah, into the ark. Did you know that was her name? Uh, well, he convinced her that he'd put a Starbucks inside on the second level, and that's how he got her to go into the ark. Yeah. All right, that, got, that would get my wife in. Definitely. All right, that would get Francis in. Verse 19 says, you bring them in, in the Hebrew, it's bring them in, but verse 20, God says, they'll come to you. These creatures will come to you. 7 verses 9 and 16, they came to him. And I think that's a beautiful picture of us being laborers together with God. It's God and us. You know, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Psalm 127 says, we, are, we work together with God. Second, we are laborers together, 1 Corinthians 4, 9, with God. It's not all him. It's not all us. It's together. We do it together. And uh, he calls us to do what only he can do as we yield ourselves to him. And so Noah, it says in verse 9, was a righteous man. As Suzanne mentioned earlier, he's the first one called Ish Sadiq, a righteous man, an Ish Sadiq. He did his job well. He did his assignment. Now, is it accurate to say that Noah was not as great as Moses or Abraham because he didn't pray for the world but let them perish, as some of the rabbis say? I don't think so at all because Noah risked his life for his family to do God's will. Uh, the New Testament clearly says, Peter says, he was a proclaimer, a preacher, a proclaimer of righteousness, 2 Peter 2.5. Uh, 
The writer of Hebrews says when he was warned, he prepared the ark and he saved his family and he, he prepared that ark and he, he became an heir of righteousness in Hebrews 7, uh, 11, 7. And as Suzanne also mentioned, I love that phrase also, that he walked with God. Noah walked with God. And, you know, it really means just simply he went with God. Halach, he went. He, to go. He went with God. He, he went to God. He went with God. He went close to God. So a question for us to walk with God, what does that mean? Well, let, let's ask this question. Where is God going? Where is God going? Let's just pause and think of that for a second. Because I love that when Suzanne mentioned that. I, I want to walk with God, don't you? I know you do, and I know I do. We really will do. We want for God to be able to say that of us. Say, put your name in there. Your name walked with God. So and so, you, he, she walked with God. We want them to, God to be able to put that over us for our life when, we, when our life's over. They walked with God, or before it's over, too. Well, where is God going? Where is he going today? Where is he going tomorrow? If he goes into the worst condition to help someone, am I going to go with him? If he goes into some place that others say, you, couldn't, you shouldn't do that, you couldn't do, shouldn't do that, but it's God that's going there. We go with him. Imagine where Yeshua walked, some of the places and conditions he walked in. We go wherever he goes, and it's not always pleasant. As a matter of fact, it often, it usually, it more than likely isn't, more than, more than often. Noah did, it says in verse 9, all the just, actually verse 5 he says, Noah did all just as God commanded him, 7 verse 5. And the Hebrew says, four times, ken asa, ken asa. Yes, he did, is how I would translate it. That's what it translates Ken, let's say Ken Asa. Ken Asa. Yes, he did. Just as God, he did just as, did just. He did, yes, he did. Just as God commanded him. Four times, 622, 75, 79, 716. So if it says it four times, it's pretty, God's taking note of it. He did, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, she did. Yes, we want God to be able to say that of us. What is God telling me to do? What is God telling you to do? Does it have to make sense? A flood? Mabul? A flood? That's what it is in Hebrew. Rain? What's that? Hadn't been rain yet. 6.17 and 7.4. Ark? What's that? <laughs> the word, by the way, the ark is only, work for ark is only used in the Bible two places. For Noah's ark, for the ark, and for, does anyone know the other place? For Moses' basket. Yeah, the basket that Moses was placed in. I can, I, I, we can't imagine. I mean, Moses, I mean, Noah saying, why build it? He could be thinking, why go into it? And with all these creatures, you know, people will laugh at me. People will think it's re- stupid. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. Not seen. 120 years took building it all that time. However difficult, however foolish, and seemingly insurmountable, however uncomfortable, unpleasant, however formidable, God and you are equal to the task, whatever God is calling you to do. What is your assignment? What is your assignment? My assignment. Noah's name spells grace or favor backwards. Did you know that? Noah and Chen. I think that's interesting. Noah, reverse the Hebrew. Chen, grace. Noah's assignment will require God's grace to do it. Paul says, tell Archippus in Colossians 4.17, see to it that you complete the service you've received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. What you've received, see that you fulfill it. 1 Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the many-sided grace of God. Your gift, my gift, differs from your gift and my gift. I mean, my gift differs from your gift, your gift. Your gift differs from the person's gift next to you, right? We each have a gift or gifts. I don't know. Some would say we have many, several gifts. Others might say we have one major gift. But you have a gift, and that gift in 1 Peter 4.10 is to be used, God's given it, to serve one another for the glory of God. And don't compare it with someone else's. Don't try to have someone else's. Don't say, I, sh- I, don't, I wish I had someone else's. Don't be jealous of someone else's. Because yours is, is perfect for you. For what God wants you to have. He, don't, he doesn't expect you to do what someone else has been given the ability to do. And remember, it's not going to be done in your power. It's going to be done through his power that you can do it. 7.16, I love this verse. It says, then the Lord did what? Look at 7.16. He shut him in. Yeah. He, he did what? He shut him in. In the Hebrew, it's sagar. He, he, to, mean, to close an opening. Be'ado, behind him, it says. He shut him in. Behind him. Door closed. It's it. Game on. <laughs> I mean, it started. The flood would start. I'm shut in. The Lord has closed the door behind you, behind me. We are sealed in Ephesians 1.13 and 4.30. We are sealed by the Spirit of God in Messiah. Did you know that? As a picture of salvation, we are in Messiah. In Messiah. In Messiah. You are, as a child of God, a son or daughter of God, you are in him, safe and sealed in Messiah. You belong to him, and you're sealed and you're shut in in him. I love that. In the Son's and the Father's hands, John 10, 27 through 30. And it says in 7:23, only Noah and those with him in the ark survived. The word is sha'ar. That's the word where we get remnant from, was left over. Only, only Noah and those in the ark were left over, the, the remnant. 
So again, what a picture of how many ways of salvation? One way. One way of salvation. God has a remnant in Israel. We know we read in Romans eleven six, right? A remnant in Israel. And also of the nations, the same principle is true. There's a remnant. It's not everybody. It's not, eh, we'll all, we'll all make it. I wish. We wish. But that's why we need to proclaim the gospel. That's why we share the good news. Because Yeshua said, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. How narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. That is eternal life. And those who find it are few. Matthew seven thirteen and 14. I don't like to read that, but it's the reality. It's the reality. You say, but, but we live in the Bible Belt. Everybody's saved. <laughs> Everybody reads the Bible. Well, you know what? God only knows the hearts, and we can't judge. We don't judge the hearts. God knows. But it may be very accessible here, and thank God it is. And, I've, and I'm, I don't know if you have, you know, I've had occasion to travel in places where you couldn't get a Bible, and, you know, earlier in my life in places where people treasured, you know, the Word of God so much, and where we smuggled Bibles. I've been in situations where we did that and got almost arrested for it and whatnot. But you know what? There's places still today, so many in the world, where people would give anything to have a portion of Scripture. And, and there's so many places where people haven't heard still the name of Yeshua and don't know the name of Jesus or Yeshua and need to hear the gospel. And we can never take for granted what we have, right? And so we, there is one way of salvation, and, and this is clearly the ark. What a, what a picture of the ark of safety. God provides that way of escape. Twelve months inside the ark, very difficult. Subterranean fountains burst forth. Torrential rains fell from the heavens. 150 days of rain wiping out all life after 40 days. Almost no outside light, no grass, no sky. Wow. Perhaps a skylight, different rabbinical thoughts on that, whether there was a skylight or whether it was a jewel of some sort. Or, but uh, there was there, but uh, I love the picture that they could only really look upward. They didn't need to see all the destruction around them. God wanted them just looking up, seeing up above. But we don't know for sure. But there was no way to navigate the vessel. This, it floated up and down, right and left, side to side, to be sure. Seasickness, I, I would imagine. And after all those days of rain, a lot of cabin fever I would have had, I'm sure. We all would have had. But they, it, it ended. And in nine, chapter 9, verse 1, we read, God blessed Noah and his sons, and he says to them, verses 1 and 7, be fruitful and multiply and fill the land. Be fruitful and multiply. So the Lord remembers Noah, verse, chapter 8, verse 1. And in chapter 9, verse 1, he blessed Noah, and he says, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the land. And so here uh, in verse 7 again, And as for you, be fruitful, multiply, flourish in the land, and multiply in it. And so they're starting over again in a way. And uh, after soul survi- being sole survivors now, Noah and his family, of over 1,500 years of human history, they exit the ark, and they're tasked regrouping, rebuilding, repopulating a desolate earth. 
and, and, uh, and Noah is commended for this in, throughout, in, in a few other places of Scripture. Isaiah mentions it, mentions him, and of course, as I said, in the New Testament in Peter and Hebrews, he is an heir of righteousness because of his faith, all because of Noah. We're alive. We still have civilization today. We still have humanity today. Now, men of great deeds are also capable of great sins. People capable of great acts of faith are equally capable of great acts of failure. Saints are sinners. And I shared this once before. Our heroes are human. Noah, in chapter 9, has a misstep. He blows it. An embarrassing episode of failure. A slip-up, really. Drunk and disrobed. How do we make sense of Noah's inebriation? Did he realize what would happen via fermented grapes? Maybe not. As he was the first to plant a vineyard, was he under stress or in depression from the ark experience and so much death all around him or from having to start all over again? I wonder. But whether intentional or not, Noah did a foolish thing here. And yet he's not alone. Saints are also sinners. And our heroes are human. Look at chapter 9, verses 20 through 23. And every translation has its pros and cons. There's no perfect translation, you know. And I don't like the TLV on this one. Uh, so I'm going to read complete Jewish Bibles a little better, or I'm just going to read what I, I wrote in a few things. Then Noah, a man of the soil. I'm reading TLV, but I'm change, changing to complete Jewish Bible on a few things here. The Noah, a man of the soil, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank some of the wine, got drunk, and was uncovered in his tent. Then Ham, Canaan's father, saw his father shamefully exposed and told his two brothers outside. So Shem and Japheth took the cloak and laid it over both their shoulders, and walked backwards again with it covered, with it covering their father's, their naked father. But their faces were turned away, so they did not see their father shamefully exposed. And so, what a picture of love covering a multitude of sins in 1 Peter 4, 4 8. Now, Abraham ran down to Egypt when a famine tested his faith instead of trusting God. Abraham lied about Sarah, his wife, because of fear. Moses murdered an Egyptian. He lost his temper and he screamed at the people under pressure. David lusted after another man's wife and then he actually committed adultery and murder to cover it up. Esther cared more of her own survival than her people's until Mordecai woke her up. Sarah laughed in disbelief at God's promise at first. Peter denied that he even ever knew Yeshua. 
Paul lost his temper at times. In Acts 23, 3, at the Sanhedrin to the high priests, <laughs> he said, he said uh, God's going to strike you on the mouth, you whitewashed wall to the high priest. <laughs> and then they said, you say that to the high priest? You revile the high priest? And he said, oh, I didn't know it was the high priest. So sorry. <laughs> he said, uh, and <laughs> I think he was being, uh, how could he not have known? Um, anyway, and he, you know, Paul wasn't perfect. He, he was so furious at the Galatians, at the believers there, he said, I want them to, well, I won't, I won't even say what he said. It's pretty brutal. You can read it, Galatians 5.12. But in these instances, they chose to fear man rather than to trust God, these men and women of God. And yet, listen, Hebrews 11 mentions them and their trust with no mention, hello, no mention of their episodes of distrust. Read through Hebrews 11, the heroes and heroines of faith. And should we also mention Jacob or Gideon or Jonah? Nothing is mentioned of their episodes of distrust, of not trusting God. But everything God brings up when it's really talking about how God's going to see them in heaven he's, is where they did trust God, where they did say, yes, Lord, we trust you. Yes, we're going to do that. God says, that's you. That's who I see you as. That's what I'm going to remember you by, not the episodes of, where, of failure. And that's what's amazing about Yeshua. That's what's amazing about our faith, isn't it? Noah has a misstep here. But what do his sons do? His sons... have two different responses, and this is what I want us to look at to finish with. One is, one told, the other took. Ham told, the Hebrew word nagad, where we get Haggadah from, that we read from on Passover, the retelling of the story, means to isolate, to oppose. Shem and Japheth, they took, lakach. Ham Ham cover, uncovered his father by observing his condition and speaking about it to others, spreading the sad story. Shem and Yafet decided to act in integrity and to cover the Hebrew word kasa. Say kasa, because that's the most important word, kasa, to cover their father's humiliating state. And they actually walked backwards with faces not looking at his compromised state. And guess what? God blessed them for doing that. God blessed them. The Hebrew word kasa means to cover, to withdraw from sight, to keep silent about, to keep back from the knowledge of another. Do I want to be blessed? Be a coverer, one who honors and one who remedies talking about it to others rather than acting, regarding it with honor. It's easy to just talk about a problem, a mess up. It takes integrity and effort to do something to remedy it. And that's the beauty of fellow believers, isn't it? And that's the spirit we have here and I pray always will have here. We want to be, a, be covers, those who remedy and bring healing to each other. Ham, Canaan's father, saw his father's nakedness, told the brothers outside, but Shem and Japheth took the cloak 
and laid it over both their shoulders and walked backwards, covered the nakedness, faces turned away. What a beautiful difference. Um, Ham spoke foolishly rather than acted honorably. Shem and Yafet took and covered. In David's lament over King Saul, after all that King Saul did to try to kill him all those times and everything in his demonic state, he was demon- and he became demonically tra- controlled. David lamented over King Saul. Instead of wanting revenge, he chanted, Your glory, O Israel, is slain on, the, on your high places when Saul died. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath. Proclaim it not in Ashkelon streets. Lest the Philistine daughters rejoice. Lest, lest daughters of the uncircumcised gloat. 2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. What a spirit David had. The, da- the rabbis believe that Ham publicized Noah's compromised condition. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov said regarding the power of speech, he said, never let a word of wickedness leave your mouth. When people speak derogatorily about others, their spiritual awareness and understanding are withdrawn from them and they fall from the love of God and descend into animalistic passions and desires. Wow. I agree with that. I think that's what happens. I've seen it. Shem and Yafet took and they covered rather than further exposed. Well, what does the Scripture say? That's what it says. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers up all transgressions. Proverbs 10, 12 or Proverbs eleven thirteen, a gossip reveals secrets, but one who is trustworthy conceals a matter. Or Proverbs seventeen nine, whoever covers up an offense seeks love. Whoever repeats a matter separates close friends. Or First Peter four eight, above all, keep your love for one another constant, for love covers a multitude of sins. Rather than talk about the problem or the failure. God wants us to do something to mend it, something and redemptive to remedy it. And by the way, we're not talking about if something is injustice done to someone else, then it needs to be dealt with and, and, uh, and corrected, confronted and corrected. Shem and Yafet took, and the beautiful thing is, in 923, the word is in the Hebrew, in the singular. They took both of, and then the shoulder, the shoulder is in the singular also, both of them. In other words, they were unified, the unity of their humility. They were one in their intent to cover him. Shem and Yafet walked backwards. Not only did they not glance at their father's shame, but they even turned away their faces. The Hebrew word, achar, they lagged behind from Acharon, Acharit, rather. So they were quick to, to clothe the exposed condition and see someone, see him restored. Saints are also sinners. Our heroes are human. Uh, Cain, as we know, was cursed like the serpent was cursed. Shem was blessed. 9, 26 and 27 says... Yafet was enlarged. 
And what a lesson this teaches us. I don't want to be cursed like Cham by not showing respect, by slander, Lashan Hara, exposing another sinner failure, but I want to be blessed and enlarged. Amen? I want to be blessed and enlarged by responding like Shem and Yafet and showing that humility, that remedy, to remedy another's embarrassing behavior. Restore such a one, a person, in a spirit of gentleness, Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says. Bear one another's burdens and in this way fulfill the Torah of Messiah, which is, of course, the love of God, the ultimate Torah. So, Father, we thank you for this amazing story of Noah and what a hero he was. The first, as we heard earlier, Ish Tzadik, righteous man who walked with you. And we thank you, Lord, for his, the lesson he teaches us in his life, Lord, the lessons, really, he teaches us. We thank you for the example, the heir of righteousness he is, his obedience, his trust in you to rescue a human race by saving his family, giving the human race another start, a new start, by his trust in going with you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for his trust in you. We thank you for his amazing life, an example to us. We thank you, Lord, that he's not perfect, and, and that it teaches us that we're not perfect as well. We know we're not. But we thank you, Lord, for the grace you've given us. We thank you for the calling and the assignment you've given each one of us to walk with you and the gift you've given each one of us, the gifts that differ but that are perfectly distributed according to your mind and will and plan. We love you and we thank you, Lord. We desire to fulfill your will, each one of us, Lord. May we experience the blessing and enlargement of Shem and Yafet, and I pray that for each one of us here today. We would experience the blessing and enlargement of Shem and Yafet by walking in that spirit and the blessing of Noah, Lord. We thank you and praise you and receive that. Thank you that we're in you, the ark, Lord, ultimately the ark of salvation, and we're shut into Messiah. We bless you and thank you. And if you're listening today and you've never trusted Yeshua, the Messiah, you're not in that safe place, then call upon the name of the Lord now. Say, I want to accept Yeshua. I'm accepting. I want to come into the ark, have my sins forgiven, have a new start. I want that to be in that safe place. I want a new start. <laughs> and there'll be someone to pray with you afterwards. But you're, but you're passing from death to life the moment you're calling upon Yeshua for salvation, upon God for salvation. It's happening right now. So, uh, but there'll be someone to pray with you and agree with you afterwards here. So, or, or write us, contact us if you're watching online. So we thank you and bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Ya'er Adonai Panavelecha 
Yisa Adonai panave lecha, v'yasem lecha shalom. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar HaShalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.